John and Nikki, can I have you come up here, please? Uh, Nikki, I'm going to have you sit over here. And John, I'm going to have you sit here, okay? <laughs> All right. Now, in case you haven't noticed, guys, these are our bouncers, okay? All right, so if you, go over your, if you go over your five minutes, they're going to take you swiftly out that door there. And what happens to you after that, nobody knows, all right? Okay. Uh, all right. Um, let me say this. These men have been away to camp, men's camp. And men's camp's a different kind of a place because uh, you've got a whole bunch of men, and they're all focused on the Lord, and they're all encouraging each other in the Lord. And it was a blessed time. And so these men got stirred up, and the Word of God stirred them. And they were willing on Friday night, the last night of camp, to actually uh, stand up. They call it popcorn preaching, and it's stand up, speak up, and then sit down again, right? <clears throat> There's a different word on it, but we won't use that word uh, in church. So they, they would stand up, they would speak up and sit down, and they get five minutes to preach. And each one of them is willing. And uh, as they come, remember that. It takes great courage to actually stand up in a situation like that or this and preach the word. So we need, need, need to keep that, that courage in mind, first of all. The second thing we need to do is we need to expect that God has something for us in what they say. It's not just an exercise in letting them speak. No, God has something for us. So let's get our Bibles out, get them ready. <clears throat> Mark is going to come first, but before he comes... I will pray for us, and but let's be expectant that God's going to do a work in our hearts uh, tonight, all right? Father, we thank you, Lord, for these men. Thank you for working in their hearts at camp. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing uh, it is to see them doing so well and looking to you and serving you. Now, Lord, would you bless each one tonight, Lord, as they come to speak. Lord, take away the nerves, give them a calm, and let them speak forth your word as from you. And Lord, would you bless us, Lord? Uh, that we might hear what you have to say for us, Lord, and that we might receive it as from your hand, and not that we might be moved by it and be changed by it too. Now, Lord, bless. May your hand be upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Mark, if you would come. And many of you, keep an eye on the clock back there. Five minutes, just keep an eye on it there. Hello, everyone. Um, Okay. Our Father's love is for me as real. This I know is true, for the Bible tells me so. For he sent his Son, Christ Jesus, to walk upon this earth, to be an example and perfect role model, to show the way I must live, so that I may be a worthy example to those around me. The Bible says that I was fearfully and wonderfully made, woven and knitted together before I was in my mother's room. Um, and in that day I was born, no way no loved nor pitied me, for compassion was not shown nor expressed upon me. So I was cast out into the darkness of the wilderness to experience the rejection of those who despised me since the day that I was born. And then the Lord our Father passed me by, and saw me suffering in my own polluted blood. And the Lord said to me, when I was suffering in my own polluted blood, live. Yeah, the Lord our God said to me, when I was suffering in my own polluted blood, live. And so the Lord lovingly caused his breath to enter into me, so that I shall live. 
and have life so that my life may be a true blessing to those around and know me. May my new life and testimony be worthy and pleasing to our Lord God. May he use me mightily as an example for others to trust in him. The Bible also says, Yeah, our God, our Father promises that he will make all things beautiful and flawless to all who yield and obey and trust in him. Wait on God and wait for God. When he is ready, you will be ready. In his perfect way, he will put everything together. He will see through every detail, detail, lovingly arrange every circumstance, change and lovingly tenderize every better hurting heart and bring into play under his complete control, order every step and bring to pass all the great and beautiful plans for your life that he has lovingly predestined for you. Praise the Lord. God is good to those who love him. Amen. Amen. Short and sweet. I'm Joe. Uh, I'm nine months uh, in the men's home residential centre uh, fighting addiction. I'm clean now, uh, just nine months, just, just over eight months. and It's the first time in my life since I'm a teenager that I've been clean. And I was reading the Bible, um, it was Psalm 40, the first three verses, now really was talking to me. I know that scriptures I'll be reading out now in a minute. But... Um, I just thank God that I'm here today. I have to tell my story, give me testimony what the Lord is doing in my life. So, um, Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an, uh, an horrible pit, out of merry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my gowns. And he had put, me, put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many sh- shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. I, um, what the scripture was taught to me, it was on God's time and, and my patience that he delivered me and heard me crying out for help. It was, um, it was a psalm of David and um, he delivered me from it, the life addiction and crime and imprisonment. I was in bondage to drugs for years and in sin as well, up to my neck in sin and uh, everything I'd done in my life was just bad things, bad things and he's put new desires in my heart, you know, and my family have seen that, people have seen that, that know me, you know, that know what I was like and he's transformed my whole life. But uh, each time, and in verse 2, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of a merry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my gowns. Each time I tried to get clean on my own, I could never do it. I kept slipping back into the old ways, my old, my will, you know. I couldn't, could never do it on my own, you know. And it was only on the strength of God that I'm here today, and I'm clean. And uh, any time uh, 
I tried to get clean. I just couldn't, you know, no matter what I tried. And it's only with the strength of God, like, he has me clean, you know, with his strength. It's with God's grace and mercy he has me here today. He has shown me the real me and put me on the right path in life. He is the rock of my strength. And these are all the scriptures. Um, 1 Samuel 2, 2. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none besides thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. And did all drink this one, 1 Corinthians 10, 4. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And 2 Samuel 22, 3. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my saviour, thou savest me from violence. Like I've come from a life of crime and violence and drugs and I've from petty crime to gun crime. I've shot at, I've fell off a roof. This time last year I was in a coma from uh, criminal activity. I fell off a roof and uh, I ended up crying out to God after when I got out of hospital I was in my ma's one night and I knew I says life this couldn't be you know what I mean life has to be better than this and I was crying out to God and he brought me to New Hope Residential and he's had to give me a future and a hope and now he's had to change my whole life around and my family seen that they've seen that and I've led um, my mother and my brother me and Jamie to the Lord there two weeks ago and people in my area can see there's a big change. He's transformed my life. And it's on his strength. Like, he is the rock of my strength, you know. And he has me where I am today. Thank you. Hey, guys. Um, my name's Jamie. Um, you can probably tell by the accent. I'm Murphy here. I'm from Scotland. Um... I just want to start off with a bit of scripture. Um, I'm going to tie in with a bit of testimony. Um, it's Proverbs 29:18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Um, I want to look at. Um, I came over here from Scotland because I kind of I done 18 months in a problem back here. I was addicted to heroin and um, a lot of nasty stuff, and my life was a mess. I'm not going to focus on that tonight. My life was just a mess. That's where I'm going to leave that tonight. But I came to the end of the programme over there and I kind of, God gave me a vision, but I'd lost sight of my vision, you know what I mean? So I became a Christian, I think, and I'd lost sight of it, so what I'm trying to impact, if you are a Christian and you've lost sight of vision, you can lose sight of your vision, I'd lost hope, I started reverting back to the old ways, I, looked, I used to look at stuff, and because I'd lost sight of my vision and my hope, um, the doubt and unbelief started to sneak in, you know what I mean? So... I had leaders over there that recognised that I wasn't doing good, uh, that I wasn't doing good, and uh, they suggested that I come over to Ireland. Um, to be honest with you, I was like, no chance. I had the wrong attitude. I was like, why do you want me to go to Ireland? I was, I was kind of rebelling against them a wee bit, and uh, I, I didn't want to come over, if I'm being honest, but it's been the best thing I've done since the 18 months I've been there. I'm, I'm, I just want to thank this church um, for the input it's had in my life. The word that I've had at this church is it's, it's started, it's, the fire is saying, I'm, I'm on fire again for the Lord, um, being over here. So I want to thank you for that. That was the front, that, that's the biggest thing. I want to thank you. I want to thank uh, Leighton Kelly. 
Um, I remember him sitting me down and he just said something to me that was just plain and simple. He sat down and he'd, he'd clocked it. I would kind of lost hope of the conversation. I was hitting him with, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I'll do in my future. So he recognised that and he said to me, um, Jamie, you need to start living now. Know what I mean? You don't start living after a programme. You start, you're in Christ, no word for word, but you're in Christ now, so you need to start living now. That was the kick up the, the backside that I needed. So I thank, I thank you for that later. Know what I mean? Use, God uses people, men, churches, to come across your path. And I needed, I needed these people to be, give me the encouragement to keep walking, keep walking the walk. It's no easy being a Christian. I'm, I'm still a baby Christian you now, but I'm, I'm, I've learned that it's no easy. But I've sometimes just got to bow down and listen to my, my leaders that are telling me what to do. So I do, I do honestly do thank this church. I do, um, now, I think it's important to find scriptures that encourage you um, in your walk as a, as a Christian. And one, this is just a nice, easy scripture, but it's somewhere I, where I turn to it. always comes back to remembrance when I kind of lose my way and when I'm struggling. I come back to the scripture. Um, sorry, I don't know off by heart, but I, I, I'm going to rattle and batter on through it anyway. Um, it's John 15, verses 5 and 7. This, this does give me strength. I mean, it says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather, gather them and cast them into fire, and they are burned. This is the bit I want to highlight um, at the end. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, I remember reading that and I was thinking, so I can just pray for anything and if, if I ask for it and say, in Jesus' name, I'm going to get it. But then, just today, I, I kind of got the gist that I've got to be walking properly and living the right, correct life. I've got to be obedient to my leaders. I've got to be walking the right type of walk, not just talking the right type of stuff, but actually walking the walk. This go back, this go back to remembrance today, and it's 1 Peter 4, 2, that he who no longer, sorry, that he no longer should live the rest of his life, his time in the flesh to the loss of man, but to do the will of God. If your desire is to serve and the desires of God, I mean, that's a clear sign to me that I'm abiding in him, you know what I mean? When your desires of your heart change, you're not craving things of this world anymore, a cigarette, just, just using that as an example, um, when you're not craving to do bad things, when your desires on your heart change, maybe then if you ask in prayer and, and you're serious about it, God will take you where you're at, he knows your heart. So that verse does encourage me. I know it's, that, I've personalised that to my walk now, but I just hope somebody, that encourages somebody. Um, Another bit of uh, scripture that's really encouraged me in my walk is um, Ephesians 3, verse 16 and 19, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by the faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length, length, sorry, length and depth of height. Basically, you can't measure how much he loves us, not I mean, you can't measure it. So when I'm... I, I, I don't understand his agape love properly, but I know since I've let the barriers down and I've let him in, my life has changed massively, know what I mean? I know God, God is good, man. And I'm just saying, anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ is a personal saviour, man, know what I mean? You've got to invite him in today as well. So I just hope this has encouraged you and uh, uh, praise God. I give him all the glory for the changes in my life. Well, how are you all? 
Uh, before we start, I'll just let you know, uh, speaking in public like this is not one of my strongest uh, specialities, so I'll do my best. I will, um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. My name is John Joe. I'm a currently uh, a resident at New Hope Residential Centre. I've been there basically for the past five months, and it's actually great for me, to be honest with you, because I've never been five months without drinking or smoking in my life. I was a bit of a raging alcoholic there for a little while, and basically kind of took over my life. But praise God, I'm in a better place for it, and I really can feel God working in my life. Um, this is actually the second time in my life now that I've ever spoke like this. The first time was the other day in the men's camp. And uh, to, to be honest with you, I was going to go the easy way out. I was going to do the same exact thing that I said the other day, cause, uh, but I just, thought I'll try, I just thought I'll just try something new. But um, we've got a book out there that's all the scriptures to memorize. And to be honest with you, I do, I do kind of like them. But um, there's one there that I like is Ephesians 6.12, where it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And... Sorry. Against, and against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, that's one thing I like about the Bible, you see, because it's kind of like, it's kind of like a guide, it's kind of like a rule guide, and, it's kinda, and it also gives you like the help as well, because in the very next one down, in verse 13, it says, uh, Wherefore take unto you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Because so it's letting you know, basically, if you haven't got the armour of God on you, you, you have a very little good, you have a very bad chance of actually standing in those evil days. And there's another one there as well where it says, basically, Proverbs 16:32: He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth, he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Well, to be honest with you, um, this one here now is something I'm going to have a problem with, to be honest with you, because I've always had a bit of an anger problem most of my life, and it has gone a lot, lot better over the past couple of years. But I am going to struggle in this one, to be honest with you. I'm, like, I am praying about this. I'm gonna, I am going to struggle in this, maybe this one, and maybe coming to pay taxes one day, you know what I mean, and stuff. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I am, am going to get to struggle in this one, to be honest with you. But um, this here, it, it kind of reminds me of a class the pastor did uh, um, a few weeks ago about, me, about, so about meekness. And I remember saying it too, Pastor, I said um, about meekness, out of every way that a Christian is supposed to live when you turn to Jesus, out of every single way that you're supposed to live, I'm going to find meekness, the ultimate hardest of the lot. I think it's down to the, back, to the background where I come from, because you see, like, um, I basically come from the traveler community, and in my community, to be honest with you, um, weakness, uh, sorry, meekness is weakness, to be honest with you, do you know what I mean? Because the kind of people that I kind of grew up with and the kind of people that I know, when they see kind of like, they would look at it as a meek person, you know, he's meek, fair play to them. They'd look, oh, look at his softness and boy, come on, let's get him, this sort of a way, like, do you know what I mean? That's kind of, so, um, but, so to be honest with you, meekness is something I'm really going to struggle with, but obviously, we, do you know what I mean? There's nothing that we can do through God, which takes me to Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, do you know what I mean? Like, because none of us here will ever be able to do anything on our own power. But when you actually recognise basically that I'm, I'm a child of God, I'm bought, I'm bought by the blood of the Lamb, well then, it basically, do you know what I mean, it gives you something to look forward to, it does. And um, I, just, I just basically want to, I just want to thank everybody, I just, I just want to thank Leighton for taking me into the men's home. And I'm there five months now, and to be honest with you, I'd, as I said, I've never been five months sober in my life. And I've got a lot to look forward to, and sort of out of words now, so I'll let you go, and <laughs> thanks very much. How you doing? Uh, good evening. Uh, you all know me. Uh, my name is uh, David Allen Carroll. I've, I've been attending this church for, for most of my life. Um, 
Uh, I'm, I'm also in the men's home. Uh, I've been there for the last 10 months, and I'd like to give all the, all the glory to God uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, uh, in, Matthew, in Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 7, and verse uh, 13 and 14, it reads, uh, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Uh, as, as many of you know, uh, this is the, the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Uh, the context, uh, Jesus here is speaking to the Jews, um, and uh, 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 the, the way to salvation, as we know, is, is through Jesus Christ. Um, it, it, it is here represented by, in Jesus' own words, the straight gate. Um, the, the, he, he, scripture says uh, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through him. I'd like to draw your attention to the word broad. There, there, is, there, there are many ways that the world would say that lead to God, but we know that there is only one way, and that way is through Jesus. For all those who believe and trust in him, out of a pure heart, who seek after righteousness, shall be saved. Um, I'd also like to draw your attention to many, the word many, in, in chapter 14. The way to destruction is broad, but the way to salvation is narrow, or in the King James straight. Um, uh, we, we ought to follow in the straight path, the narrow road, N- not, not looking to those on the left or to the right hand, but, but to the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ, who bought us in his own precious blood. So... My, my my question to you tonight is, which way will you choose? Will you choose the straight or the broad path? I urge you to choose Christ. Choose him. Live for him. Amen. I just don't, I didn't have anything on, on down in men's camp. I, I wasn't even going to speak or whatever, but uh, I just want to share a little bit of what I took from men's camp. Um, you know, I was both encouraged and challenged down there. And um, just just to hear all that was going on and hear exactly, you know, while we were down there, the Bible says in, in Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Pastor was talking this morning about, you know, walking in the spirit and walking in that joy and that peace and that contentment in your heart. And, um, you know, I thank God that, you know, I think I live most of my life in that and live out of that place, you know. And as a Christian, I, I think if you're not living there, there's something wrong. You know, there's something getting in, there's something, there's something not right that you should be living out of that place of love, joy, peace, happiness, you know. Um, and that's what I took, you know, when I left the men's home eight years ago, um, I remember getting, you know, I had my job and getting out there and all of a sudden I just didn't feel the way I was feeling when I was there. And I didn't know what exactly was wrong. And the fact was, 
I had a chat, a quick chat with Pastor, and he kind of broke stuff down for me, and and that you know, and what I was hearing in the men's home was all all God, all Scripture, all the singing. It was happening every day, all day, and then just being out there working and kind of hearing this and looking at that and hearing whatever, it kind of started to grieve me spirit. So what I done back then was I made me truck into a little Christian recluse. I started putting memory verses all over the van. I started to kind of memorize scripture. I started to chew it all day long. I changed the radio in the van, late and put music on little thing. And, you know, there was sermons. It was constant. It was like nonstop. So when I'd have to get out and listen to all this, I'd get back in and listen to this. And all this would go back in again. Um, you know, and it got me through it. And uh, it got me through it well. And I got away from that a little bit. You get busy in work and, you know, you lose out on them little things that you know you should do. Um, and memorizing scripture is huge. You know, if we're going to win the battle, we need to know what we're talking about. We need to recognize when he's coming at us, you know. And when we were down there, we learned... I may forget about that because I'm not even reading it. <laughs> um, when we were down there, we learned, you know, about Dave and his mighty men. And um, we learned how they fought. And we practiced on bow and arrows. We practiced on, on javelin, you know, on the javel. Um, we practiced the slingshot, you know, and we practiced hatchet throwing. Um, and it was fun. Trust me, it was fun. But um, the one thing I took from it was, like, you need to know exactly when to let it go. You need to know what you're firing at. And you need to have something to fire and it kind of spoke to me over the week was like, God has given us the greatest tools that we're ever going to need. If we don't have them in the toolbox, we can't take them out. If we're not shown on the word, you know, lads in the men's home, people say to me, how, how do you know so much as a young Christian? Do you know, because in the men's home, it's Bible, Bible, Bible. It's like you're bouncing it off each other. Do you know what I mean? But the Bible tells us to be singing spiritual songs and hymns to ourselves all day long. You know, as a Christian, just, just continuously. It should be continuously going around in your heart. You know, in Psalm 1 it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor, stand, nor sitting in the seat of the scorful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also not, shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. You know, our Christian life is very much like that. It's like a tree. What goes in, you know, will come out. You don't always see what go, what's happening on the inside of a tree. But you will see when it's rotted away, you know. And, you know, there is an old saying you can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool them all the time. This is not a joke. This is, this is life and death. And what goes into you will determine how your Christian life is. You know, and much like a tree... Before the branches start falling off, it starts decaying, you know, you start going cold, you know, and then you start falling away. You don't want to be around church. You don't want to be around other Christians. And before you know it, you've just drifted away and gone. And then you look back and you think, how did I get there? It starts from day one. It doesn't start 10 years down the line. It starts from the here and now. And in John 1, on John, 1 John 4, 4, it says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We should live as victorious Christians. There is no excuse. God's given us all that we need. Amen.
Mein Gaum, mein Gaum, mein Gaum. Amen. Thank you, thank you, lads. Right, you, very diligent too, Nikki. I tell you, <laughs> you were more serious about that than I was. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you, lads. You did a great job. Praise the Lord. You did a great job tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. And God spoke to our hearts. Uh, a couple of things I want to say to us. Right, first of all, God changes lives, doesn't He? It's real. It's true. God changes lives. Sometimes when you're saved for a while, you forget that. You forget that God changes lives. And it's not just in the early stages. God wants to be changing your life all the time until you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let's forget that, that there's great power uh, to change that. Expect God to change your life and to do a work in your life. Something that was said tonight, the Spirit of God probably grabbed you and said, you know what, you needed this. And you need to respond in your heart to it and deal with it before the Lord. Second thing I want to say is this, guys. What has changed you is what will keep you. What has changed you is what will keep you. Listen, it's a long road. It is exciting. I'm thrilled. Are you thrilled to see them moving ahead like that? I am thrilled to see you moving ahead like that. But you know what? It's a long road, and we can kind of have a dizzy height and fall off the other edge pretty quick and go back to the old life. What's changed you is what will keep you. You won't get it all right. You're going to make mistakes. You're going, to, you're going to get it wrong. When you get it wrong, get it right again. Confess your sin, make it right with God, and get back on track. When you get away, make the phone call. Uh, get yourself back in the right place. <clears throat> Move ahead, because God's not done with you. God has not done change. I thought Joe's testimony is amazing. This time last year, he was in a coma. Right? <clears throat> and um, here he is today. Uh, I tell you what, doesn't look, doesn't look very comatose to me. Does he look very- uh, I tell you what, God, God is doing a work, and God is doing a work in all your lives, and <clears throat> we need to expect that he will continue that. Let's do this, though. That's right now. Let's just all stand, and we'll ask the Lord to speak to our hearts, and each one of us then just respond to what God has done in your heart. Don't brush it off, because it's the lads from the men's home. It's not. It's the Word of God. It's the Spirit of God, and we need to respond to it. That's the spirit of the living God. Thank you for the work you've done in these men's lives. Thank you for changing them. Thank you for allowing us the joy of seeing them change and seeing them, seeing the work that you're doing in their hearts. But now, Lord, you've spoken to us through them. Now, blessed spirit of the living God, would you just speak clearly to each heart here, Lord, that which needs to be changed, that which needs to be turned around. And, Lord, may we be closer to you, Lord, because of tonight. Now, as the Spirit of God has spoken to you, you just, in the quiet of your seat where you stand there, you just respond to him. You just say yes. If he's drawing you to him in salvation, just respond to him. If there's some sin he's pointed out or some area of your life he wants to change, just respond to him. Say yes. Let him have his way.